It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy and this is the Ospreys at Home edition. The rain's starting to come down at the sports ground. The lights are being put back up for the uh, Greyhound Racing that'll be on here tomorrow. And the good news is Connacht have won by 26 points to 15. Good victory for Connacht. No points for the Ospreys out of this. Four for Connacht. William Davis, you're very welcome along. Evening, Rob. That's a good result. Yeah, it's a good result. Um, Connacht were 13-point favourites and they were 12-point favourites and they were 11-point favourites of the bookies. These guys obviously know something. Um, I thought it would actually get tighter at the end, mm. but it didn't. And uh, it's a good win. It's a great start to this uh, series of four games. And defence worked very well tonight. I think they'll be really pleased with that. They had to make quite a few tackles. Uh, Ospreys had a lot of possession. They didn't do an awful lot with it. And that tried just before half-time. It stole the first half for Connacht. Probably stole the game. Because the Ospreys came out in the second half and did exactly what they did in the first half. And Connacht just kept making the tackles. And then they got their, they, they got their try and they kicked their penalties. And it was a good, solid performance. Maybe lacking in a bit of accuracy. All right. Beautifully summed up. We'll get the in-game thoughts as well of yourself and Alan in a couple of seconds. Dave Finn, very welcome along. Good evening, everyone. It is. Uh, can't disagree with William. It's very, very odd game from a, if you're from a neutral's point of view, I suppose, because the team that seemed to be playing all the rugby got none of the points. But you know, you maximise your opportunities. We got into every every time we got near the post, we took a penalty or we got the two tries. I think there was a massive turning point. It was about four minutes before the end of the first half. Dimitri Arhip has a ball. He, they are playing very well they're holding on to the ball and he throws it. He, he leads with the elbow he throws the elbow into Conor Carey's face the re- referee is spotted by the linesman the referee gets the penalty we kick it down they then give him away another penalty we kick to the corner it's gone over 40 minutes and we get the try and that was the momentum changer because I was genuinely worried towards the end of the first half I thought they can't keep butchering these things but after we got that try um, they, they, they looked pretty but there was no steel behind it Good stuff, lads. That's well summed up. Coming up in this week's podcast, we're going to hear post-game thoughts of Kieran Keane and Tom Farrell, who had a fine game uh, in this particular one. We'll be t- talking to them. We're going to hear the in-game, as I said. Important stuff off the top to mention, uh, as well as three uh, players involved in the Irish squad tomorrow. Our fourth Irish uh, squad member is unfortunately uh, had to go home because his mum passed away. Uh, big condolence to the Delan family on the loss of Ellen Delan, who stood on this very clan terrace that we stand on, William, many a time watching her son play rugby who played a huge part in driving him down to Tralee Rugby Club to get him started in the game and just we're all absolutely gutted to hear that news this week Yeah, it's very sad for him very tough he's a young man and look you lose family relation at any time but when it happens so suddenly as that we just wish him and his brother Keen well and uh, I'm sure the lads here will be keeping a good eye out for him and uh, I'm sure it's a long way away from his mind at the moment but you know Ireland will be there and hopefully he'll get an opportunity to, to do that but he has, to, he has to just look after this very difficult situation at the moment Yeah, I know the entire Connacht support will really want to uh, just uh, send on their condolences and also when, when Alton's back involved in Green of Connacht, he will get uh, a huge welcome back here, so look moving on, here's our story of the game the Ospreys ball fourth phase from that line out they've gone right across the pitch and now coming infield again into the contact they go Tom McCartney makes the tackle a nice little simple pop up keeps the ball moving for the Ospreys Connacht being shoved off the ball on the ground to make sure they're not uh, slowing down Sam Davis Dan Evans the fullback comes into the line well this is quick ball but there are not a lot of players to the right coming around is Will Jones the uh, 
open side flanker and again Connacht had the numbers there to stop and then tackle them. Seven metres from the Connacht line, the Ospreys are patient with the ball and have been throughout the game so far. Crowd won a forward pass there, don't think they want to get it. Sam Davis is uh, going in after it to clear it out. Here is Evans' first receiver. There's Fornatia. They've spread it along the wing. They've got it out to the far side and they've scored in the corner, I think. David Howells is the man who's got it, I reckon. The winger on the left-hand side. Good quick hands. Fonotia involved in that as well. Simple try from the Osprey. Yeah, I think Arkey stepped in. He needed to stay out on his man. They realised the Ospreys. They had the extra man. Then the pass went wide. He gets in in the corner. And uh, just rewards for their patient build-up, you have to say. And uh, Connacht paying the price for that blockdown kick. They just never got out, of t- uh, got out of jail after that. And the Ospreys just kept their foot on the throat until they got the score. Well played, Ospreys, really. Yeah, really simple. Very patient play. And I have to say, it's a while since I've seen the team come to the sports ground and be that calm about their attacking play. OK, William, we've just gone 20 minutes and Ospreys lead five points to three. It's not looking good. Yeah, it's been disjointed start for Connacht and two uh, injuries. Tiernan O'Halloran off very early. Placed by Pitta Arkey and then poor Andrew Brown in his first game since last May. He's gone off to place by Gavin Thornbury. And uh, Connacht have come through a really sticky patch there, but the Ospreys have got a try out of it. They've had a couple of attacking opportunities, just weren't able to take them, but they've got to settle it down now. It's going to be key up to half time that uh, they get some possession and go through some phases. They certainly do. We can do it with the crowd getting behind them. We'll talk again at half time. Underneath the post, five metres from the Ospreys line, everything drifting from right to left. Darwai coming around, he got snagged around the ankles but still made that extra half yard. Another pick and go at the French from Tom McCartney, he's almost over the line. Nearly could have reached out, stopped short, another chance and Connacht have scored! Try time for Connacht. I think it might have been Masterson who got over there, but that's really, really strong work from the Connacht pack. That's a real signal for uh, the Ospreys, it must be said. Right on the death of half time. Connacht go to the corner, hold their shape, hold their patience, and they get the try. Fantastic stuff from Connacht, which uh, on the general run of play, you'd have to say the Ospreys will be scratching their heads at half time, wondering how this was, how they've allowed this to happen. We, we've just scored a try right on half time after surviving a heck of a 20 minutes there. Yeah, and it was one of those under the new laws because there was a penalty, so play continued for one more phase and. Uh, Connacht have just converted it as well. Going 13-5 ahead at half time. And they've really stolen the first half because the last 20 minutes has been a backs-to-the-wall effort. The Ospreys a little bit lateral, but they've had a lot of possession. But that's really that's a great time to score a try. And woke the crowd up too. We'll talk again in 60 minutes. Okay, William, we're on just come up to 61 minutes. Uh, Ospreys are down to 14 men, but we've only managed one penalty. 16 points to five. Yeah, I think it's uh, just one of those games that's probably going to go right down to the wire. Uh, the, the yellow card is nearly over. So uh, Connacht have done okay. They've been under a lot of pressure, but their tackling has held up well. And uh, the, the Ospreys still look a little bit lateral. There's, they have a lot of possession, but they're not really getting, getting over the game line. So it's going to be a tough 20 minutes. Another score for Connacht might put this game safe. But somehow I feel this is going to be still unsettled when we get to the 80th minute. Although the defence is doing really well today, but hopefully, yeah, I hope you're right. We'll talk again on full time. Scrappy ball at the line, tidied up by Dawai, just about. Just came out of the hands of Cannon. 
wasn't what Connacht wanted to do with it. Della Hunt now has his first receiver and he can just take a pass and take a hit. That's all. Outside the 22. Midway between the 22 and the 10-meter line, the Ospreys have. Good decision from Tom Farrell. Not the pass. He goes through the contact and he's going towards the post. Brilliant from Farrell. He's going to score. Connacht's second try of the game. What a marvellous piece of play by Farrell. Great presence of mind. Little show and go. Steps back inside the, the, uh, the second defender and just has the gas to beat the fullback, get in under the post. Marvellous piece of play from Farrell. Great footwork. The Ospreys need to score now and quickly. They've won the line out to have any chance. There are three scores down. At the very least, they want to try and scramper back for a bonus point, and most of their territory and possession would suggest they deserve. Morgan Williams is their replacement. Scrum half, he's at the back of this and trying to make something happen. But as it eventually comes out from Thomas, who's at the back of that ruck as well, the winger didn't really get much of a game now they get a gain off the side of it and they're winning 6 metres of the Connacht line they're looking for their second try 23 points to 8 Connacht lead this game and on the clock ticks past uh, the 71 minute mark underneath the post two men to the left oh that's clever from Morgan Williams he goes for the line and he scored the Osprey second try big moment gives them a little bit of hope certainly keeps them in strong contention to sneak a losing bonus point out of this yeah, and, uh, after uh, speaking so highly and praising the uh, Connacht defence so much, that was just too easy for the scrum half. He just ran a, a diagonal line and nobody came and took him and uh, got in on his own. Uh, very, very good try from the scrum half, but poor defence from Connacht on that occasion. Was he held up? The crowd are very annoyed. They feel he was held up. But the referee had given the try. There's no TMO here today. It's not being televised, so they can boo all they like. The referee's in no position to uh, deal with that. OK, full time. A Connacht win by 11 points, William. Yeah, it, it didn't go down to the 80th minute. Um, Tom Farrell scored a sort of a game-winning try from, from almost nothing. Um, hard game to get a handle on. It, it, the Ospreys had a lot of possession, a lot of position, but they did very little with it. It was all a bit sort of um, lateral over and back the pitch. Connacht defended well. And they, they took their opportunities when they came. Uh, bit error strewn. Don't think the referee had his best game. There was a lot of stuff missing. He seemed to really be missing the fact he didn't have a TMO. Maybe he's never refereed a game without a TMO. I don't, well, at, at this level. But it's a good start. It's four points. And it also denies them a bonus point, which in the conference scenario is, is what you want. And uh, it starts off this run of four games with a good win. It certainly does. I was really impressed with the Connacht defence. Like they really, you know, the, the, the second try wasn't a try from from Bosper's team. He was short. Like it was good defending in the end. Um, but yeah, a really, really impressive defensive display and very, very clinical when we got into the opposition half, which is not something Connacht have always been known for. Well, not this season, and um, they, they'll be pleased with that. A few other things that were noticeable, trying maybe to pass the ball a little bit more in front, and um, some decent kicking from hand, clever kicks, running players around, using the wind. So, yeah, they, they've been working, they had, they had their time off, they've been working, they got a win, and uh, roll on next Friday. Indeed, we'll take a break there, and next voice you hear will probably be Rob. All right, just out of the uh, in-game coverage. Uh, Dave, you're in the press conference. Do you know what? Before we hear from the Connacht uh, part of the press conference, um, Alan Clark came in, and I just missed the, the start of that, so maybe you can just sum up quickly what he had to say about... He he's, remember, he's the caretaker, head coach of the Ospreys now, with Steve Tandy gone. Yeah, he's um, he was disappointed, obviously enough. He felt it was one they threw away. Um, he was... 
he didn't. He wasn't there for too long, so we, so he we didn't go into any great depth about it. But he f- basically said it was a combination of their errors and uh, and our good play was the reason they lost. They felt it was one they did leave behind, and you know I can see where he's coming from on that one. They had an awful lot of the ball in the first half, but he was right. They did make errors. I mean. When they got that try through Daft Howell, you're thinking, yes, they're every time they we felt after that, every time they they look, they looked like they could score, but they kept they made some dropped some strange ball, turned over a couple of times, um, some poor kicking, but you thought after half time they'll come out and do it again and do it again, and I think like I say, I think the turning point was the hit penalty, but I think in the second half. Nolia Dawai had one mission, and that was to get to Sam Davies as quickly as he could. He hit him and late s- once, and he was lucky to get he away. He was with very it. lucky to get away I with it. I think that was as much a yellow card as the other one was. Do you want to jump in there? Yeah, look, I. I, I this is getting into the game now. We're yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the ref had a shocking game, he I think. Was. He looked like a man who was thinking, yeah. where is my TMO Uh, and I think that really got him Uh, and he had to make a couple of decisions and he was trying to listen to his linesman and I don't even think it was a yellow card in the late end I think it was a penalty because he kind of wrapped the arm around him and followed through but in terms of the the, the time from the kick to making contact with him that in itself wasn't late I think it's just the fact that he followed through so forcefully that he probably deserved the penalty there was a few cheap hits going in by the Ospreys to be fair Uh, and yeah. It's interesting. Chat. It's just if I was an Osprey fan, I'd be really annoyed that it didn't come back the other way when Davis got hit. And he was annoyed. Yeah, and that's part of the fact that the referee had a, you know, he the fact that the Ospreys were running blocking lines all evening and the, none of the officials seemed to be able to see it. But Dave, on that, like, I mean, the referee has a point to be annoyed. I mean, the refereeing is a completely different job when you don't have a TMO. I'm. I wanted to rant about this in in in, in any other business, in any base, but seeing as you do rant about it regularly, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my first part about it, which is basically I think the t- I think the ref got absolutely stiffed on the team not having a TMO tonight. He made it. Look, I don't. Have, I've seen worse decisions made here without a TMO, where referees have been 30 yards behind the play and two guys have died for the ball, and the. He's given the try, and you're there thinking, "Well, how can you make that decision? You're so far behind play, but you made it." So we're we'll so talking it. about their second try. I'm talking about their second try. And what made it worse is, and this is the killer, and this is why you feel very sorry for the ref. He made a call, and nobody had a problem with it. But then they showed it on the big screen, yeah. and that's the and problem. That's not fair on them, is it? Really? No, I, I think that's not fair. I, I think that's an issue. I, I, I got to really mm. acknowledge that Connick put in a good effort to, for the entertainment of the supporters by putting replays up on screen. That is superb work, or whoever did it, having that organised in a non-televised game. But at the same time, they have a duty to the referee not to show that. Really, don't I, I think? would, be, I would be interested to know uh, what the protocol on that is because I think. Um, I think that if it isn't the protocol I think it shouldn't be shown Can I just say I had first view and a good angle on the, the first uh, when he landed to the ground I think it was a try I think the initial contact was no. you don't think no, so? He was short of the line short and he was line. held up and turned over Turned over. It's clear on the replay Mitch, 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 he, really? he's short, yeah, he's short It's absolutely he's clear he, touches the, he lands on the ground he bounces Now his momentum should carry him over but Mitchell doesn't When he landed down. on the ground I thought he had to touch no, down no, but what he, you're saying no, he was short He was short So I thought that was so that was touchdown but he was short And then Mitchell gets him and gets it's underneath him, oh, and he just puts it all I was talking about was the first contact, no. and I didn't realise it wasn't. But I mean, I mean, you live if there's no TMO, grand. What I say is, if you have no TMO, don't have a big screen on, okay. because that undermines the referee. I mean, yeah, I agree with William. He made some strange decisions. I thought it was, a, I thought it was at least two penalties. He marched them forward, and I'm thinking that's a little harsh. Um, I've never any problem with that. In fairness, McCusker might have had reason for frustration, but he needs to shut up. And he was still barking at him after that as well. So he, 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 no, he really had lost the plot at that stage. Mm. Um, it's just. 
Uh, it's a difficult one. He's come from Super Rugby. He's obviously come up here and he's, he's done some games, but he's probably used to a TMO. I, I don't think we're ever going to have a situation in the, in the Pro 14 that we have a TMO for every game. I just don't see it happening. The TV coverage tonight was very extensive. Maybe this is the way forward, but there still isn't enough cameras there to have a, a TMO. You have to have a full match broadcast because you can't have a TMO going, well, actually, if I had another camera, I could make a decision. So it's just one of those things. It could have been very costly, but in the end it wasn't. If we were discussing Connacht losing because of that try, then it would be a big problem. Or even if the Ospreys got a, a point against, uh, again, you know, at the end there. OK, uh, we were linking to the interviews about five minutes ago, but this had to be talked about. I think you'll appreciate that, listeners. And to sum up Alan Clark, I think he said, that's the way I want my team playing, yeah. but uh, I, he, I'll take the he, he said He said they're being honest with each other about what's happened. I mean, he, he's, been, he's been put in a very difficult situation. He's an outsider coming to caretake a team where they, they got rid of a coach who was very much of Neath. He said they've, had some, they've been very honest with each other in the dressing room. They're honest with each other tonight and they've been honest each other while we go. So I think possibly this might be a, a turning point. Maybe not. Maybe not tonight. But I think this this period could be a big turning point for them. I think the way they play tonight is the way they've been playing all season. From what you know, I have some good contacts in Neath, and there's a real feeling that they've lost. You know, this time last year, they'd won six bonus point games in the Challenge Cup. They were in the quarterfinals. They were flying, and that didn't work out. They lost that quarterfinal. And the difficulty started then, almost at the start of this season. This is the type of rugby they've been playing where they've had plenty of opportunities and they just haven't been able to, to get the job done. And, as we link to Kieran Keane, you'll see straight from the top, he wanted to give them credit because he talked the Ospreys play quite well. Look, we're, we're thrilled with the result. Hmm. Uh, but it was a bit of a scratchy performance from us. Um, Ospreys are really good uh, in my eyes. They pull us under a lot of heat. Um, that try before half time was um, compelling. It was it was a great try for us, um, and it gave us a little bit of uh, well, it buoyed us really at the at the break, and um, and we did a little bit of problem solving around a few other things. But uh, our second half we. Got all messy again, and uh, uh, and we sort of lost our way a little bit. Um, so it was great to win, but it wasn't a, a great performance by any stretch. So, in terms of defence, would you be happy with the way you defended in the in the contest overall? Um, some of our defence was really, really good, mm. and and some of it was a little bit shambolic. Um, well. Um, particularly the try. I mean, um, people have roles and people jumped in and out of different roles. So we got caught with our pants down there. Um, and that was a little bit of a of the day, wasn't it? I mean, we had some really outstanding defence there uh, at, at some points and then we gave away an easy one. 26 points and a game with, with all those things going wrong. I mean, how are you able to get those scores out of a situation like that? Oh, well, we've got a mindset to attack and um, scoring points is what the name of the game is in this, this sort of football and uh, this competition. So, you know, we're pretty happy about scoring 20-odd points. Okay. So 20 points is hard to get past. 26, was it? Yeah, what was the score? 26-15 in the end. Oh, OK. 
Tom, Tom's try was crucial when it came, and it was it was kind of a key moment, and he just got through the tackle and obviously turned the tide. Yeah, he did, didn't he? The slippery eel. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's done it before, hasn't he? So, um, no, good on him. He, it was a good try. How much are you thinking about fourth place and the Champions Cup automatic qualification that it provides? How much is that your target in your mind in these kind of games and Osprey's being a rival for Probably not at all. Um, I'm just taking everything, uh, as I said earlier in the week, one game at a time, trying to build us and build us. Um, and we'll get what we deserve, in my opinion. So if we keep to building, um, you know, who knows? We might be there when, the, when they're turning for home. So hopefully, but there's no guarantees, is there? You said a few weeks ago you were looking for a bit of competition for places in the 10 jersey. Craig put in a good performance today. He did, yeah. No, and his goal kicking was pretty good too. And... Um, and his direction was, was pretty good. And some of his defence was really good. So, yeah, he had a good day at the office. Try scorer today, Tom Farrell. First and foremost, he went off with a bit of a knock there, so we were a little bit concerned in commentary. Any sign of an injury there? Are you OK? No, I'm, I'm all right. I'm OK. I just got a bit of a bang in the ribs, but more of a wind than anything. I'm, I think KK was more of a tactical decision to take me off in the end anyways, so all good though. Good stuff, that's a relief in itself because you had a fine game today. You must be happy with your own performance first and foremost. Look, we know it's a team game, but at the same time, what you were trying to achieve yourself, get a try and and obviously be part of a good defensive effort as well. Yeah, um, obviously there's good aspects, but there is a lot of work on my own game personally. Um, Attack and defence, I've been working on it all season. Definitely not the finished article yet. I know myself, and um, I'll definitely hear about it on Monday um, from the coaches. Attack and defence, a lot of work on still. What's it like sitting in the press conference there and sitting in the dressing room and listening to Kieran Keane? He's, he's not your typical coach, really. He's, he's, he says it, calls it as it is, and he's yeah. not afraid to, to say words like shambolic when he's talking about some of the mistakes he made. Yeah, well, that's KK, really. We're kind of used to it at this stage. Um, he says it as it is, exactly like what you said. He's really passionate. Sometimes he might come across blunter to the media but he really does care about the place and he loves Connacht and um, he is a very passionate man about the team so we back him all the way. Do you respond well to these kind of criticisms as a group? Like? Yeah like um, he's told us numerous times before it's nothing personal like um, he'll, he'll give you criticism but it's, at the end of the day it's constructive criticism like and we take it on the chin and it's going to help us as a team so it's all good. From our perspective watching, we look at a fixture like the Ospreys, which is a fixture we don't have a lot of success in. Traditionally, you win 26-15. Connacht fans are going home happy, but you guys seem pretty frustrated overall with the performance, although you obviously accept a win as a good win. Yeah, like we said that in the change room, obviously we're, <clears throat> we're happy with the win, but out there like on the pitch, our tack shape wasn't to the standards that we're setting ourselves. Um, we're working hard during the week. We're happy with it coming into the game, and then we're just not executing in the game. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we're delighted to be a team like Ospreys, but like they're the standards we're setting ourselves now. Like we don't want to just be an average team; we want to be pushing on the top end of the conference. So, to do that, we need to be putting in better performances, not just getting the results. Going forward, you got Zebra, then Treviso, and that big trip to South Africa. There's a lot of players coming back from injury as well. We we make it about five expected back this month, so the squad must be in good shape, right? Yeah, um, KK said at the start of the block he wants to build more competitiveness in the squad, and um, that's definitely happening at the moment. There's all there's, we have a, an RTP group with all the injured lads and the, that group is getting smaller and smaller every week. So um, it's good to see. It's going to create competition amongst the squad, so it's good. You want a smoother performance next weekend as a group, I presume? Yeah, definitely. Um, we always everyone. They beat us over there, so uh, we'll be looking to put one right this week or next week. 
that was the voice of Tom Farrell. I'll talk about Tom in a second in my interview with him. Uh, I just want to note Sports News Ireland, who uh, are friends of the podcast now, and they're hosting us on their website, and a big thanks to them for letting us on board in that regard. And hopefully it just allows us to reach more people in what we do here, a podcast about Connacht Rugby, but all things rugby too. Lindy McKenzie, you're very welcome along. Good evening. Well, I catch up. We've uh, we've had the interviews. We've talked a good bit about TMOs and not having TMOs and tries oh. being awarded and tough job for the referee. And what else have we talked about? Maybe just a bit of an overview. The Ospreys play reasonably well, but Connick found a way. But you know what? We haven't really talked about getting into it. Like this good win for Connick. There's a really good, solid four points here tonight. Oh, it's an excellent one given the amount of possession that they actually had throughout the entire match, <laughs> and given the amount of possession that the Ospreys had and wasted. So um, it just reminds me. I think of, of Connacht a few years ago. I thought the Ospreys looked totally lacking in confidence. And they really and truly, I mean, they're such a talented team. Yes, I know that they've, they didn't have their internationals with them or a lot of internationals, but they're still a very talented team. And they just look like a side that is going through a difficult time at the moment. Mm. Yeah, we were talking about that. And you just wonder, as William said, like, you wonder how long it'll be before they kind of get themselves out of it and they'll probably be under a new coach I spoke to Tom Farrell there he, he seems to just continue to develop what is he now I think he has 7 tries in 17 games according to our stats man Alan Deegan in this season so far it's pretty impressive I think one another one of the stats is how, uh, stats is how many um, defenders he's beaten or, yeah he's leading know, the league I think, yeah, yeah. I think something like that mm. incredible you know I mean he, he he's not the fastest mm. you know he doesn't have that just that extra little bit of pace maybe that makes some sort of like international material I'm not sure but at the same time you know he's 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 an, he's probably been the find of the season so far I think in the midfield that's yeah. for sure agree Riggle, the way he spins out of contact sometimes the way he scored his try I mean it was just it closed in on him and it didn't matter he just went through them yeah well he sort of spotted a gap and just changed his line slightly and he was gone um and it was a real opportunist try, and that, that's what you want to see from your from your centres, especially when the game the game was starting to break up a little bit. Then a lot of substitutes had come on. Both sides were um, were settling in a little bit with with that change, and I think um, yeah, he had a very very good game. I think one thing we have to talk about is the fact that Connacht uh, in the first half, and this is when Tiernan Halloran went off, it really. There was nobody talking out there. Hierarchy seemed a bit lost out in the right there. I and mean, he put in some great hats during the game, but he did seem a little bit lost out there. He did a little I think bit. Keegan Keller ended up covering fullback and his wings. Yeah, he did. But the thing was, at half time, they sorted that out because they started they talking to each other yeah, right. and they started waving their arms around and moving people. And it just shows how important Tiernan O'Halloran is. Well, to I, think, I think that's, the, as you say, that because he was the leader on for the backs, they, particularly when you look at the fact that you had kind of a new backline in many ways because you had Ronaldson there and then you had Farrell and and Owen Griffin the centres you had quite a few changes from mm. from the usual backline so that's where Tiernan O'Holloran is is the key player there and so yes I thought you know they really did lose quite a lot of momentum I think when losing Andrew Brown and Tiernan O'Holloran so early in the game Ashley Beck and Fonotia impressed me which is why I want to give more credit to Farrell and Owen Griffin for doing a good job in containing them overall now containing them is the word because they got through a few times they did get through a few times. I mean, I think, I think one of the most impressive things about Tom Farrell is, he, is, is he's, he's, he seems to gel with everybody he plays with. He works well with Bundy, but he worked well tonight with Griff. He's worked well with Craig. He's worked well with Pika, Peter Aki. He's worked well with everybody who's coming to the centre. Tom seems to not... He seems to, he seems to always be able to work with, with the guy around him. I have to say, maybe, maybe that... in. Fills the fills his partner with confidence. I thought Griff made some great tackles. Yeah, I, thought he was very good. I mean, 
it really was a night where you got to see what the guys were like. It, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be flippant, but sometimes it's easier to be when when things are going well. You can throw the ball around. You can look fantastic. But when the pressure comes on, how are you under pressure? And I thought the whole back line was now. Once, as William says, once Peter got uh, was being talked to and being advised where to stand because. We saw, actually, we saw it last week in, in the international. Sometimes if a guy's out of the position, even at that level, you can look a right mug. And then, and I think they helped him. They helped him through his when he was just finding yeah, he his feet. Play in the wing a lot, no, so no, he, no. They helped. They helped him out. Um, and they got him. They got. They, and in terms of defence, they got him through. And I think that's a great sign. It certainly is. There are bad signs as well. Brown injured. Really, really feel for Andrew Brown. Yeah, it's very difficult for him. He hasn't played since last May. Uh, last season and come off today with with his arm in a sling I don't, I don't know what to say really I mean his first game back you get an injury like that he had a very wry look on his face walking off and um, he got stuck in he got a few carries he was 12 minutes into the game but he was settling in <laughs> two of the things the, the defensive work was absolutely excellent yeah, like I, I put it to would you to Kieran and the people have heard that you know would you be happy with the defence and, and he was at at times it was shambolic because he's talking about the tries and obviously there was misreads there but I thought the like in the lead up to the R hip yellow card or not the yellow card the stupid penalty that he gave away it was frustration because we had held him along a line there for about twelve phases. Yep, and I can understand because I felt sorry for our hip too because I think he was trying to stretch out his arm I, to I, hand I, off. I think what happens with with defence planning is that they sort of start at a hundred percent and they they work backwards okay right. and i think you're back to the criticism here from Keane. yeah yeah, yeah at, at times look if, the, if both defensive systems worked in every rugby match the, the final score would be nil nil in every game the other thing that was very noticeable tonight there is a difference in the passing pattern that connacht are using they were really trying to pass in front of the players coming onto the ball now it worked most of the time sometimes it didn't because the passes were going a bit low but they weren't just shoveling the ball on they were looking for guys all the time running into position passing in front very simple but it was a difference and the way the back line was set up um, there, was, there was a lot more stretch in it there was, it wasn't narrow and that's something I think was very obvious and that's something I suspect they've been working on and I would expect that is something that Kieran Keane has really been looking for because a couple of times he's been frustrated I think with the fact that they've had possession and it's just concertina and it just it takes them too long to get the ball moving tonight when they had the ball they were moving it Lindley uh, seven home wins in a row now I mean this is for me Definitely, this is one of the key wins this season in the in the Pro 14. Because look, you can have your Munster and Ulster home wins, and they're great, and they're they're really kind of like uh, standard bearers, and they stand out. But these are the, these are the hard yards that make the difference at the end of the season in the table. Well, if you can't beat the teams below you, then you don't yeah. have much chance in this competition. So this this in in many ways was a, I think, uh, quite a defining moment. Not so much defining, but a critical time for Connacht. Mm. That had they lost this match, I mean, I this fixture, I don't know how their heads would be, quite frankly, and and how they would go into next week's match, because they've they've now stretched their lead over the Ospreys, I think, by seven points. So they're, mm. um, and now they have um, Zebra coming, so that's another opportunity. And of course, they owe Zebra one as well uh, for earlier in the season. And um, Michael Bradley's coming back. 
Uh, yes. You'll know the scene and you'll want to make an impression? I'm sure, and that's, it's not going to be an easy one as well, although I presume that they're going to be missing a few of their internationals as well. Mm. So, you know, and, and I presume they're in camp because they're in Monster. So I, I, look, I, think the, I think the important thing yeah. is that we're, we're at home. And, you know, first and foremost, you have to make your, your home ground the stronghold. And that's what it is becoming. Mm. And it has been in the past and it's becoming again. And I think that's the most important. You have to win your home matches and everything else when you go away in many ways is a bonus. Beat Zebra, beat Edinburgh, they can go into the Gloucester game with a real fortress and that's got to be a minimum target between now and, and, the, and the Challenge Cup quarterfinal. Indeed, I mean, if that's, that's that would be unbeaten at home since the game, since the game that really could define the season, which was the card of defeat here back in September. But I mean, that's six. I mean, I know there aren't as many. It's stretched out, but that would effectively be six months without at home defeat. And no matter what way you dress it up, that's pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. You know, Edinburgh did very well. They got a good win tonight against Leinster. They're not. They're not going to make it easy. Zebra. They, you just don't know. I mean, if the, you know, but they they seem to str- they seem to struggle at this time of year away from home. But they do have guys in the panel who know who we are. Yes. So I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic for Zebra. I'm realistic about Edinburgh. And in between that, of course, we do have the un- unexplained factor, which is a trip to South Africa. Listeners, I hope you understand. Shorter podcast than usual because we're freezing here. It's the glanter. The rain is coming down. We've got to keep ourselves together. And we want to get to the end of your other business. And any other little... It can be any other business or it can be just anything else you want to add on the game. Lindley first. Yeah, well, I think I actually tweeted today um, coming into this match because I was so delighted to see Andrew Brown, who's put so much work in to get back to full fitness and then to see what happened to him tonight is actually to be honest is quite heartbreaking I say that as a woman and, and as someone who has followed Connor Rugby for many years I, and, and knows and Andrew you know and I do feel so sorry for him because he has had a long road mm. to get back to where he is but the other part of my tweet was of course about his brother Damien mm. and I think oh, I'm update time well um, as of this evening, I think he only had 240 nautical miles to go. That was earlier on today. My God, so he started he was, before Christmas. For the, so he is God. heading into the last yeah. stages. And I think he's currently third in the pure solo. I'm not sure how many pulled out of that event halfway through or had to pull out. I'm not really sure. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, been a huge, huge... I'm, I'm just in such awe and admiration for yeah. somebody who has been able to do to able to do this. And we've all seen his some of his video feeds and, you know, and where he's been capsized a couple of times or three times in a night or something and, you know, had a gash on his head and, you know, he's now looking like a, I was going to say a mountainy man, but it's not a mountainy man, it's the exact opposite of a mountainy man, <laughs> a real sea dog, basically, <laughs> what it is, you know, and I just think between the, you know, the two brothers, I think, you know, they're, they're an amazing, you know, amazing family of, of, of these two boys who have, you know, shown such grit and determination and, you know, I'm good luck to, to Damien for the rest of his trip. Can I just say, that's one, of, that's the contender for one of the better all-time business, or any other businesses of the season. Superb. Well done. Well said. Oh, well, Damien we should Brown. have awards at the end of the season. I like this. Damien Brown makes me realise I have wasted my life. Um, <laughs> you and me both, Um I just thought, listen, this is, this is really meant to be a positive thing. I think join Neville tonight, refereeing Ulster... We should make a big celebration for tonight, and then we should never really be that bothered whether Joy ah, gets a game. Well as, as, as in, yeah, it should be normal. Don't worry about it. The black jersey is special to you. It's your dad's favourite team. 
Yep, certainly were. Um, he uh, is a very proud uh, Britain ferryman, which is really part of Neath, but that's a long story. Uh, never quite managed to call them the Neath Swansea Ospreys. He could manage Neath Ospreys. Um, but his last ever live <laughs> rugby match, um, he came here. I brought him here to see Connacht beat Neath about 2001. Uh, it was a freezing cold Saturday afternoon and he said, that's it, I'm watching all my rugby on TV from now on. Um, he never liked the idea of the Ospreys um, and Swansea joining them and, and all the rest of it. But uh, yeah, look, it's a, it's a proud rugby area, but there are there are some issues over there with how they're doing. Uh, their crowd numbers are a problem. They're stuck in that massive stadium. They've got a fabulous training centre. I've been there. It's state-of-the-art. But the ground is a problem. And if the new owners of the soccer club go ahead and make the, 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 put the ground up to a 40,000, I, I can't see them being able to stay there because they're just people are just echoing around on is it. Is the Knoll still there? The Knoll is still there. St Helens is still there in Swansea. Uh, that huge terrace in St Helens. I remember us playing one game there against Swansea. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a cricket ground as well and it's renowned for the fact that it's 146 steps down from the pavilion oh, really? to, to the cricket ground. <laughs> so, so if you made... If, if you're you, out for a duck, that's... Exactly. <laughs> it was a very long walk down and a very long walk back. To give you an idea of how lacking the joined up, when we played them in our championship year and we beat them over there and there was nobody watching the game in, in Liberty Stadium, Swansea and Neath both had home matches that afternoon. Gosh, and that's the sort of stuff that goes on. And gotta get, Especially with the Scarlets doing so well and making things so proud for Wales. they got to do it, but the Scarlets are still... Did, uh, well, I'm kind of fascinated that you know it was the Ospreys and you talk about that, their, that centre that they have, which is where the... the um, Welsh team trains, does all their training. I'm fascinated that, you know, that it was always the Ospreys who were almost like the elite side for so many years. And the Scarlets, of course, were the, the sort of the mind. Well, they were, I mean, I think they're, I love I loved the Scarlets. I love the, always loved the, the way that they play their rugby. But they're more the, um, the ordinary folk of, of Wales. In terms of the ordinary team of Wales, as opposed to, I think, the Ospreys, who became quite stars, an elitist, the yeah. stars. They had so many stars. So I'm actually fascinated, uh, you know, why this team has has fallen so far from... And yet, yeah, you're right. And yet, every so often, they, they raise up and they show them, like they did in the Champions Cup and this they're year. they're a team they full of international. Quality. They've yeah, got yeah. so many international. So I'm actually quite fascinated what has happened, you know, to them over the last couple of seasons. Um, t- talking about lack of joined up thinking I think I think there are big issues these are huge areas that are not traditionally supported by each other um, I know I've got to know mid Wales quite well in the last year oh. and do you want to tell us why? there's a lovely lady who happens to be based in the town of Aberystwyth Yay. now Aberystwyth is part is, comes under the Scarlets A-B-E-R-I-W uh, a- a- <laughs> oh no you've got me now oh. There's, there's two words. Look, spelling and pronunciation have nothing to do with each other in Welsh. So technically speaking, Aberystwyth in that area of West Wales, which basically is equivalent to Wexford, the, uh, directly across from Wexford, is all part of the Scarlets, which is uh, much further south. There is no direct public transport link from Aberystwyth to, Clint, to uh, Clinetley. If you have to go either go by pub, you have to go by private car, and that takes you up and around. There is no joined up. There. I mean, there should be. You, you can argue there's a huge, every village in that part of the area has their own team. They have a West Wales league that's absolutely massive, and they are. Their players are getting fed into a team that they do not have any link to and they do not have they can't even get to even if they wanted to alright that's not a bad finish we weren't going to find a solution to that problem we're just going to try and define it listen they've suffered through the cold a big thanks to my crew thanks everyone thank you thanks to our studio audience
<laughs> Thanks, Jacob. All right, that's it from us. Uh, we'll be back in a week. I think Alan's on presenting duties next week. Zebra versus Connacht here at the Sports Ground. Five easy points. Oh, controversial. <laughs> but probably true.